I V M. Is it illegal to run the Pragati podcast on radio? And why do large Indian cities have so few FM stations? And why do these stations sound all the same? Welcome to this episode of the Pragati Podcast, where we talk about all this and more. The Pragati Podcast is a weekly show on economics, public policy, and international affairs. I'm your host, Pavan Shrinath. Joining us today is Amit Doshi, the founder of IVM Podcast, which is probably India's top production house of podcasts. The Pragati Podcast, this show, is only possible because of IVM. Amit Doshi is also the co-host of Shunya One, a tech and entrepreneurship podcast that you should definitely check out. Yes. Uh, so this episode will be a little meta. It is a podcast about podcasts. Yes. Always my favorite kind of podcast. Yes. Uh, navel gazing at its best. <laughs> Why is it unusual in India to hear people talk on radio? Okay, so radio talk is uh, different than why podcasting is not picked up, right? I, th- I think the reason why radio talk is as limited as it is currently is mostly because of the way the licensing has been created for FM stations. Now, what happens with uh, the way this licensing has been, uh, these companies that are applying for these stations and are applying for licenses, uh, there is a restriction in terms of the kind of content they can do where it says that you cannot do any news or current affairs content. Now, the second you take those two things out of the gambit, then the amount of kind of conversational stuff you can do becomes fairly limited. You can do maybe sports, but then the problem with sports is the leagues are kind of so happy about different things. So, I mean, like, you know, that, but I mean, like, that's one option. Also, I mean, like, outside of cricket, there's not really much in the way. We don't have, like, a year-round calendar of sports that you can really do. You can maybe do some psychological shows, or you can do some shows around mental health, or you can do some shows around uh, automotive, or, like, you know, there are some pockets which you can do shows around, but it's kind of tough to put together 24-hour content for uh, talk if political conversation is not possible, if current affairs, like, you know, local issues and stuff like that is not possible, if news is not possible, it becomes a little tough to kind of uh, get that kind of content going. And this is coming from age-old, I think, colonial era laws around uh, radio, right? Um, Actually, not really. So, uh, because colonial era and up until 1997, we had only All India Radio. Right. So, All India Radio could do whatever they wanted to. All India Radio still can do whatever it wants to. So the only news that you get on radio is All India Radio. So even if another FM station wants to play news, they have to basically take the script from All India Radio and play that. So uh, the so it's not precisely colonial era, but once private radio started, FM radio started. At that point in time, the licenses have been fairly restrictive in terms of how they've been going out, right? So uh, it is part of that. I mean, like, I think, and there is also, I think, uh, so radio is a very mass medium. Much more so than television, satellite television particularly. Radio is an extremely, uh, and satellite television is the method that we've used for uh, disseminating television in this country at large, right? Uh, So it's a little tougher to get to satellite channels than it is to get to radio. Radio is just turn your thing on and it's on, right? So there is a certain amount of, uh, I don't know if fear is the right word, but there is a certain amount of uh, hesitancy. Uh, and I guess fear is the right word. I mean, there's a certain fear that radio can be misused to kind of direct riots and stuff like that. And that's not an unreasonable fear. Uh, right. That is something that has happened in many, many countries around the world. Why, when there is a coup in some random country, the first thing that happens is take over the radio and TV stations. The reason for that is this, right? So there is a certain amount of justification to that. 
But I think that uh, the way that you should approach that is not through saying that you can't do radio, but rather to kind of keep a tab on what kind of content is coming out from radio. And if there is inciting content, then at that point in time, deal with it at that point rather than try to uh, stop it in advance. I remember listening to an old government press secretary, Mm -hmm. I think a fairly senior one, saying pretty much the same thing, saying, Yes, television also people can do nasty things, but it's a, it's understood. People understand how it works. But in radio, if someone starts spouting mm-hmm. fake news, for example, then, you know, people won't be able to distinguish it at all. Which seems that you are, I mean, it is holding radio to an artificial standard. It is. I mean, prior restraint, right? I mean, like, it is not an optimal situation. I, it is somewhat of an understandable situation. Uh, in the sense that I am sympathetic to the arguments that are being made on that side, uh, much more so than I would be generally because I kind of consider myself very much on the free speech absolutist side. Mm -hmm. But I do understand the... I I mean, like, we don't have free speech. And if we don't have free speech in this country, then if if restrictions are being placed, I understand this being an area where restrictions are being placed. I don't think that we should have restrictions generally, but I get the uh, push and pull of it. Right. But now we are in the age of WhatsApp, right? I mean, I and mean, that's where all this is directed from now, right? Right. So if, if people can consume fake stuff on WhatsApp, mm. I mean, you've bypassed Radio Raws, you've bypassed all of these Absolutely. things. Absolutely. And are in this... Uh, Let's hope that we space. have some enlightenment in that space and, and uh, some, uh, some understanding that, yeah, it makes sense to kind of start thinking that, hey. So, I mean, like, you know, generally the solution to bad speech is, is more speech. It's not restriction of speech, right? And... Uh, if radio is liberalized, right, I mean, like, or rather if the radio, number of radio stations is increased, at that point, so one of the major problems that I see in radio as it exists today is, right, there's no competition. Mm-hmm. A city like Bombay has 10 stations, okay. right? Uh, if you compare Bombay, population-wise, it's probably comparable to New York City. Mm-hmm. New York City, between AM and FM, you're talking over 120 channel, uh, channels. There's no incentive to differentiate between radio stations at this point in time because uh, if you look at what they're doing, they're all doing either Hindi music, regional music, or nostalgic music, which is 90s music, right? And I mean, like, that's pretty much the extent they are. And that is, uh, you know, I mean, like, from a incentive perspective, it makes sense because the larger audiences are always going to be on music compared to uh, talk, right? right? So if that is the case, then I mean, like, why should you break your head on differentiating too much when you're going to get the largest possible audience by doing more of the same when the competition is so constrained? It's like the old model of um, uh, industrial development and big companies, mm-hmm. right? You're a conglomerate company, you're the Tata, you're someone, you have your fingers in everything. Right. Because, uh, you know, uh, Traditionally, it was if you figured out how to work with the government during the license Rajara, right. you could get the cost of getting an additional license in an additional sector was easy for you. Correct. For a new company to specialize in a vertical was super hard. Right. Right. So it's sort of the same. You it know, para- it, yeah, it parallelly it, tracks. Yeah, absolutely. We, so, so it, I mean, a sign that the radio industry is developing is when you see specialization, not just exactly. not more number. But then that cannot happen without some sort of easing on the constraint on the supply, right? I mean, like if there are 75 stations in Bombay, then at that point, in, okay, so uh, let me lay out one number for you, which I think is fairly consistent and is one of the kind of numbers that I come to over and over again. Okay. You generally see that in most of these radio stations uh, or most of these radio markets, whether it's US, UK, Australia, Singapore, Dubai, Singapore, Thailand, Netherlands, all of these places, you uh, and these are unrestricted markets where it's relatively easy to put a radio station up, right? They're not completely unregulated, but it's well, it's much easier to get a station up. 
the split is 70% of the audience is listening to music, 30% of the audience is listening to talk. This okay. is consistent. Okay. That in case of behavioral tendency, right? 30% of humans are inclined towards talk. So now given that we have 70% of the people inclined towards music as opposed to talk, if you spent 150 crore rupees on a radio license in Bombay or Bangalore, 180 crores in Delhi, you would be a fool when the supply is so constrained to go after that talk audience instead of going after that big music audience, right? And that's why, again, you know, so the, the, you don't really have to kind of think too much about what is the kind of direction I want my content to go in. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, and, you know, it's not, uh, I mean, it's not difficult to imagine, right? Even, say, on YouTube. Right. There's a split between people who want to consume talk mm -hmm. content uh, along with moving pictures right. as well as music videos. Absolutely. Right? And there's this natural thing and there's a natural demand for both. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's sad that the demand is not being met. It's not being met. And I think that's one of the ways that podcasting can kind of leapfrog things, right? I mean, like, um, so another thing that I see that uh, another trend that you see in media just generally, right, over the last 15, 20 years since the internet's been in play is uh, if you look at media, you can kind of wide, broadly divide it into three kinds of areas. There's text, there's audio, there's video. Mm -hmm. If you look at text, you in the old world, you had books, you had newspapers, you had magazines, you had these kinds of things, right? This stuff is all being taken over by digital forms of this and more importantly, on-demand ways to kind of service your needs for this stuff. Right. So in the case of books, you have your Kindles or your other ebook services or Audible or what have you. In the case of newspapers or magazines, you have websites which are taking over or news apps or those kinds of things. In the case of video, where you used to have television and you used to have film, that is being taken over by YouTube, Netflix, Amazon Prime, all the rest of them. Again, on-demand is becoming the key thing. In audio, you're also seeing that kind of thing. It used to be that you would either have physical media or you would have radio broadcasting, right? Mm -hmm. And now what you're seeing is that the music portion of things, not entirely yet, but you're start definitely seeing acceleration in the digital music providers, right? Mm -hmm. The Savans, the Spotify's, the um, uh, the iTunes, uh, the Ghana's, all of these guys, right? You're definitely starting to see big audiences move towards this side of the market. Uh, in talk, again, uh, if you look at what's happening internationally, people are again moving towards an on-demand model as opposed to a broadcast model, where podcasts are now extremely popular. In the U.S., 52% of the population has heard a podcast in the last month. Wow. Which is a pretty big number. Uh, you know, I mean, like 26% consume regularly. But in the last month, 52% of the people have come across the podcast in some way, shape or form. Of it. That's a no, big and even 26% is a huge number. Yeah, one in four people. One in four people are regularly listening to a podcast. So what that kind of says is that, you know, I mean, like this whole behavioral shift from broadcast to on demand as the way to consume is happening. It's inevitable at this point in time. The Internet lends itself towards that. And I think people prefer to consume content like that. I don't even have a cable connection anymore. Right. I mean, like I do everything over Tata Sky or sorry. I don't have my Tata Sky anymore. I do everything over either uh, Amazon Prime or Netflix or just, you know, I mean, like I use some of the platforms, YouTube, whatever. I mean, like, you know, right. Hotstar, any of these guys. You, everything I want to watch on television or movies is available on one of these platforms. I use that now, right? So um, this on-demand kind of uh, way of consuming content, that feels like it's a really big uh, shift that is not temporary. It feels like permanent. And in podcasting in India, we have the option, uh, we have the opportunity to kind of leapfrog what's happening in terms of the... Uh, uh, we, we don't have the broadcast form of talk content. Right. So what uh, on-demand does is you get to go right into that. And that lets you create one of the benefits of on-demand versus broadcast is you can get more niche. 
mm-hmm. right? I mean, like uh, it, it, the, once the internet has come out, you can you you can definitely start seeing that the number of people who are consuming contents in extremely narrow niches is increasing dramatically, right? And that kind of makes podcasting even more uniquely interesting because podcasting is something that you can then start looking at in these narrow niches. And it also helps, I think, that I mean, you don't need to be live anymore. Right? No, I mean, you, not you, at all. you can. So you get people, give people the choice to consume your content when, when you want, they want to. to. Exactly. And I mean, like, uh, and not just, uh, like, you know, not just in, like, you know, uh, release day plus seven window, which is what you look at for television and stuff like that. Right. When we look at our podcasting numbers and we look at the way people are consuming them, we have like this uh, massive demand for the archival value of things, right? Mm-hmm. People really consume the archives really, really effectively. Like in any given month, only half of our downloads will be from episodes released that month. Half of the downloads that we exist on any on any of the channels will be from episodes that are part of the archive. And I think that is, again, one of the benefits of this on-demand system. Like I started watching a show that released four years ago just yesterday. Right. Uh, on Amazon. And I mean, like, you know, that's kind of the one of the benefits of this kind of thing. So the consumption shifts to binge, right? Yeah. So you discover, say, John Oliver uh, on Last Week Tonight, the YouTube channel, and then you binge like mm-hmm. 10 episodes and then you do that. right? Yeah, so the absolutely. same applies to audio. I think the same absolutely applies to audio. I, I mean, like, look at the Pragati show, right? I mean, like the kind of subjects that you cover. Not, uh, you know, I mean, like, there might be a peg to the news, right? I mean, like, it might be that you're com- you're coming up with a certain subject because there's something that happened in the news at that point. But the kind of show that you guys do, the kind of content that you create is stuff that will be kind of valuable even six months later. Right. Even though it's, you know, even though it's taking off from something that happened in the news, the depth of what you're talking about, the meat of what you're talking about, that's going to be valid six months later. You're not talking about like, oh, Modi said this and because of that this happened or, you know, Rahul Gandhi said this and because it's not right. that kind of news. It's kind of more in-depth, kind of more knowledgeable. And I think that kind of thing has legs beyond uh, uh, just a couple of days. Okay. So as... What India's only big uh, podcast production house? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there are other guys doing stuff. Okay, so how do you? How have you seen the space? Uh, oh, it's growing dramatically. We've our traffic is up ten times since last year. So wow. I mean, like uh, it is, it's growing well. <clears throat> so what? What this means is Indians are going online and now thinking about audio as one uh, one type of content that they want to consume. Absolutely. Whether, whether they're commuting, they are running, they're doing mm-hmm. something. There's, there's a space where so I think, you want to be able to listen uh, right to now, something. Right now, we're mostly in the urban areas, right? I mean, like right now, people who are listening to our stuff are people who know what podcasts are. The really true opportunity for us is to get to people who don't know what the word podcast means today. Right. Because that, I think, is where the uh, that's where the larger audiences exist. Okay. Also, we need to get into more regional languages. Right now, we're doing stuff primarily in English language, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's a good way to start because, again, the audience knows what a podcast is and... Uh, Right now, podcast consumption is a little janky in terms of how you get to a podcast. Oh, do you have an Android phone? Do you have an iOS phone? I have an iOS phone. Okay, if you have an iOS phone, go look for the Apple podcast app. If you have an Android phone, here are one of five apps that you can download to listen to the app. But, you know, probably you should listen to it on the IVM podcast app. But here are five other apps that you can use to download. Then go search for the show that you want to. Then once you search for the show, you want to subscribe to the show. After you subscribe, that doesn't mean it'll automatically download. Now you have to go and download the episode every time you want it, right? So it's a very... uh, The plumbing of podcasting is... is We're stuck in this... 2003 era. Yeah, because that's when it was built. And no jokes. I mean, like since 2003, podcasting has been in the same kind of technical. Uh, so this RSS push. RSS model, push right? kind of uh, yeah. So I mean, like it's been there since uh, I, I think Dave Weiner wrote the standard in 2003 uh, for RSS. Three months later, he added in an enclosure file, 
which basically allowed podcasting to happen, and that's the same technology we're working on today. There's been one change in the last fifteen uh, years, okay. where Apple has now made it so that in the podcasting in the podcasting RSS feed, you can either declare your episode to be consumed in reverse chronological order or chronological order with an episode <laughs> number removed from the title of the episode. That's pretty much it. So, I mean, like, you know, the uh, amount of uh, data that's available is also fairly old in that sense. The kinds of things you can do is still... So there's a lot of work that needs to be done on the space as well, right? Especially if we want this to become a radio substitute, which we do. Right. Uh, if we, uh, From a technical perspective, we really, really need to kind of advance the state of how we get our numbers, what kind of analytics are available to us, how we figure out sharing on podcasts, Right. Sharing podcasts right now is one of the toughest things to do, but at the same time, we know that that's one of the most powerful ways to get people to listen to new types of content, right? But how do we crack that, right? Because right now, if I, if you, let's say, we do this episode, we have a great time, I share it with all my friends. I share it with 10 friends, nine of them are going to ask me, how do I listen to it? Or actually, nine of them are going to ask me, how do I watch it? True. Uh, and then after that, we'll have to figure out yeah. how you listen to it. I think podcast might need a YouTube moment in a sense. It right? kind because of does. Video, I mean, imagine if you had to consume video today on RSS. Yeah, I know. I mean, you, most people would not be watching So shows a, a lot of podcasts are delivered through RSS. A lot of video podcasts are delivered through RSS. But no, it's just, it's so janky. I mean, like, it's so difficult to... Right. Because you go to YouTube, you subscribe to a channel, you get some updates, but there's there's this entire website with discoverability-related things, and you binge. It's hard to binge podcasts unless you're already into it and you've downloaded the app, you've subscribed to everyone and you know what's going on. But even then, you're going to listen to the ones that you're listening to, right? There's no discoverability on podcasts, right? I mean, like, how do you discover new ones, right? It's really, really tough. Uh, uh, one of the things I've been floating with is like, you know, so we do a lot of cross promos inside our shows, but I've been really floating with this idea that we need to maybe do a show recommending podcasts to people, not just IVM podcasts, but other podcasts. Mm-hmm. So people know that there are things out there, right, that you can listen to what, what what's happening. It's really, uh, how do you find out that there's a new podcast out of the way? It's really, really tough, right? Or how do you find out there's a new interesting podcast around something that, so, uh, and again, so this is a big podcasting operation, the public radio station from Chicago. Mm -hmm. So they made a podcast last year called The Making of Oprah. Okay. Okay. So it was a five or six episode series around, you know, how Oprah Winfrey became extremely popular. Uh, In the same feed, they put The Making of Obama. Okay. They created a new episode in The Making of Obama. I'm not interested in The Making of Oprah. I'm really interested in The Making of Obama. Right. Right. And uh, I found out about this because somebody told me that I got to listen to the making of Oprah's podcast. And so I was like, you know, I'm not really that interested, but let me like, you know, subscribe to it and see what's in it. And then I'm looking and I'm like, dude, this is making of Obama. You know, it's in the same feed. And I'm just like, you know, so how do you make this stuff more discoverable? And that I think is kind of one of the really, really tough challenges over here. Right. I think the other tough challenge is you don't really get a good feedback and a handle on how your content is being consumed, right? It is. Like, for example, with video on YouTube, you know that people are dropping off after 30 seconds. Right. So now you have people optimizing for, you know, 90-second yep. videos, yep. two-minute videos. And no idea whether people stick through till the well, end. Well, so uh, there are some, there's survey data available. There's mm-hmm. not real um, actual kind of like, you know, control panel type data available yeah. uh, that much because, again, and survey data is one level more primitive. Right? It, it it absolutely is, right? But at the same time, also there are some things where we can, we can extrapolate from other... Uh, so, 
uh, I don't know how technical we want to get on this, but uh, the way podcasting exists right now, right? When you're doing it through RSS, you're basically putting an MP3 file on the internet. You're pointing to that and people are consuming that particular MP3 file. Right. If you look at what someone like Savan is doing or what someone like Book My Show is doing, they're using true streaming. Right, so they're using the same kind of music streaming uh, technological uh, backend that you would use for music. Right. Now, once you start using that kind of true streaming, then the kind of analytics you get are much richer. Right. Now, what happens on Savan can't really 100% be extrapolated to everything you're doing because people consume things very, very differently over there. Right. Uh, people are going to Savan primarily because it's a music app. They're not going there for talk, but at the same time, they might listen to some talk here and there. Uh, so, you know, I don't think that it's a one-to-one -one comparison with like somebody who's got a dedicated podcasting app who's downloading episodes. I feel like that person is more engaged than the typical listener on Savan. But having said that, you get some really interesting insights in terms of like, you know, what kind of completion rates you got, what kind of, uh, what is the average listening time on an episode. You get some of that information because it's a more streaming platform. Okay. But that is, I think, part of the problem that we have with podcasting. We need to take the state of tech forward. Right? It can't be based on this RSS standard only. That will be part of it because, listen, RSS works. right? So it has to be a part of the mix, but it can't be the only way that we're distributing content. Yeah, I mean, with RSS, I mean, enough of us lament the death of the Google Reader. Oh, God, yes. Right? And yes, there are clones out there now, but... <laughs> You know, once you went off of that, it's it, tough, you know, man. To yeah, I mean, like you know, I mean, I still have my Feedly, and I transfer my Google Reader over to Feedly, but I don't think I've subscribed to like a new RSS feed in Feedly in a long time now. So I'll still go back to the old ones that I have, but uh, also I think blogging died, so RSS kind of did not really become so important anymore, right? It was more. Uh, see, I mean, like uh, what the value of uh, an RSS feed for Pragati uh, magazine for me, right, would not be as high as the value for me for Pavan's uh, individual blog. Because Pavan's individual blog is not publishing on a schedule. Pavan's individual blog does not have a newsletter telling me that such and such thing has come out. Pavan's individual blog has not got uh, nine people to retweeting about every article that's come out on Pragati, right? So the uh, kind of, this is going afield but I mean like the kind of uh, consumption but actually maybe not really because again the thing about RSS is that it was great for niche content mm -hmm. not so great for broader content and I think again in podcasting if we want to kind of make that bridge and <laughs> make right. what I said kind of link up to anything that has this to do with it uh, I think it's the same kind of thing right I mean like RSS is great for podcasting because it's niche content but if we want to grow into like a broader space then at that point in time we need to have better technical tools right so, uh, thanks, Abit. So, to, to sort of sum up, we have a, a legacy problem with radio in India, mm -hmm. which uh, I don't know will be getting fixed anytime soon because I don't know if enough people are interested in fixing the problem. I don't know, man. I really don't because I think... Uh, so, the power of radio, right? I mean, like, it's without a doubt one of the most powerful mediums that exist. If you look at... Uh, the US and you look at what's happening in terms of how content or not content rather how the conversations of the day go right I mean like mm -hmm. what happens in terms of uh, who sets the agenda for what's being discussed on things and that right. comes from radio in the US mm -hmm. so you know I mean like uh, I, and I feel like you know we, we do miss that to a degree over here because our conversations come from our evening news station news channels which are driven by what happens on Twitter and, you know, I feel like that is not as, uh, 
positive or not as qualitative a way to kind of figure out what should the conversations be than something where uh, I respect editorial judgment. I think editorial judgment is important. I'm not the biggest fan of like, you know, the things uh, bubbling up from the crowd and that being the kind of thing. You know, so I mean like, and I think that... uh, uh, the way we function over here in India in terms of how our news media conversations are set, there's too much emphasis on that rather than like, you know, editorial judgment. So, so but you know, you never know what happens. And like there's recent talk of how we might uh, be considering legalizing marijuana because Patanjali is interested uh, right. in sort of investing it in a, into a, in a big way. Who knows, right? Maybe Republic TV, someone else will but say, you know oh, look, we want to get into the radio space. But if they do, uh, so th- that might lead to talk, but that's not going to lead to a supply side uh, increase, right? right? It might lead to a relaxation on rules around talk. But I mean, like both things need to happen. Because if you're not increasing the number of radio stations that exist out there, then, you know, I mean, like, uh, it's only going to go so far. True. Right? So, I mean, like, both things need to happen. You can't have, it can't be 150 crores to set up a a, a station in Bombay. It just can't be that kind of number, right? Because when it's that kind of number, you're locking in the number of people who can create a radio station. Uh Right? If a station costs 50 lakhs to make, which is what it should cost, I could make a radio station. But when it costs 150 crores to make, only... The Times of India, the HD Group, the Dining Paskars, the Stars, the Zs, these guys can make a, a radio station. And, and then you need a return on that radio station. You need right? a return on that radio station, which is why you do Bollywood music, because that's where you're going to get the big audience. And that's what's going to get, you know, so it's, a, it's kind of a, right. a systemic issue that needs to be looked at. But, you know, the, the, the hope, I think, is in that there are lots of times in which illiberal forces end up increasing liberty because they bat for something that yeah. they want but in that process open it up for I others too. I hope that you're right but yeah, I, but but, I, but both things need to happen right it can't just be opening up news because if you just open up news all you'll get is you'll get Times of India reports or you'll get uh, HD reports or you know right. it has to be a thing where you're also opening up the number of radio stations because that's how you're going to get diverse voices. Right so you want to de-license, deregulate, make it easy, don't yeah. cap the number of licenses, a bunch of things that right. need to change yeah. there. Yeah. But, uh, and on the other end of podcasting technology, I think, we can look, perhaps look to the US, given the sheer uh, extent of podcast consumption there, mm-hmm. to even slowly start changing the technology of their... their I don't podcasts. know, man, because, see, the thing is, again, over there, things work, right? The numbers have grown to the point where it's not really a concern for them. Right. That the technical back end or the technical underpinnings of this are so primitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, in India, where we have challenges which are a lot different, right? Uh, if you're a successful podcast in the US, your challenge is do I take advertising money from this advertiser or this advertiser? When uh-huh. you are a even somewhat successful podcast in India, your challenge is hey, somebody please let me get some money on this, right? <laughs> so it, it's it, it's a it's a very different problem that we have over here. I mean, like, our, we need to grow our audiences and we need technology because of that. I think the technology that exists as RSS is kind of adapted at this point in time in the U.S. Also, U.S. is a very iPhone-friendly country, right? And the second sure. you are more iPhone-friendly at that point in time, podcasting becomes a lot easier. Right. Uh, and also, Google Play uh, has podcasts built into uh, it on Android as well in the US. Mm-hmm. So, you have default programs that exist for podcasts on the phone as they stand. Without that in India, you know, I mean, like, again, you have this like nine step kind of instruction manual that you need to give somebody in terms of how you listen to a podcast <laughs> or one step download the IVM app. <laughs> so, on that note, listen to podcasts, download uh, the IVM app. Yes. 
yes, you can stop listening to podcasts when we get talk radio in the country, but till then, listen to IVM yeah, podcasts. Yes. <laughs> and even when you do get talk radio in the country, then still listen to IVM podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Hamid, for coming onto the show. All right, thank you. Thank you for staying with us till the end. If you like the show, tell a friend. Introduce them to this new world of podcasts in India. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, do write to us at podcast at thinkpragati dot com. Subscribe to the Pragati Podcast on the IBM Podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts from, and you'll find extra content related to the podcast at thinkpragati dot com. Also follow IBM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. The handles are IBM Podcasts on all three. I hope you enjoyed that show. We'd like to thank our sponsors this week, HDFC Life and Paytm Money. Also, just a very quick note: I would really appreciate it if you guys could fill out a really short survey on our website. It's on ivmpodcast.com/survey. It's just a brand recognition survey for us to kind of work with the advertisers and give them some data. So it's a very short, less than one minute survey. Really appreciate your help in filling it out. And let me tell you a couple of things that you should check out this week. On paperback, the host of Edges and Sledges, Dhananjay Chak, gets in a conversation with Satyajit and Racheta about his podcast, cricketers, and stories that have stayed with him. On football report, Karthik Sivarama and Gaurav talk about Liverpool's losing to Atletico and give their predictions for the second leg of the Champions League. On Golgappa, Tripti is joined by Lakshmi, host of Lit Nama. They talk about literature, books, and more. On Edges and Sledges, DJ Ashwin and Varun talk about India's great run at the T20 Women's World Cup and the New Zealand versus India Test. On Ganatantra, Sadhu and Alok are joined by Rahul Verma of the Center for Policy Research. They discuss how Indian voters vote along the lines of ideology and identity. Thanks and keep listening. Advertising is dead. Yep, you heard me right. Advertising is dead. We're all in the content business now. Let's not call it news, TV, radio, etc., etc. It's all content, and we're in the middle of this weirdly exciting phase where all the borders and lines that have been drawn over decades has been swept away by this lovely thing called the internet. We're a show where we don't dwell on just the stuff that is now, but rather the wider stuff about advertising, media, content, and the whole goddamn circus surrounding it. Tune in every Tuesday for our weekly unboxing of the mystery box we used to call advertising. I'm Varun Dugirala, co-founder and content chief at The Glitch, and this is my new podcast, Advertising is Dead. Advertising is Dead.